What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Coming up on episode 319 of Wheel Bearings, we've got the Lexus RZ, the Lucid Air Pure, the new Subaru Crosstrek. Uh, Ford adds heat pumps to the Lightning. The uh, Nissan Hyper Urban X concept is coming to the Tokyo show. Uh, battery testing is ending in Pequot, Ohio. We've got a price for the Volvo EX30. Fixing a dent on your Rivian could be very, very expensive if you're not careful. And a whole bunch more. All that coming up next. <laughs> This is episode 319 of Wheel Bearings. I am Sam Abrol-Samad from Guidehouse Insights. And I am Nicole Wakeland from The Road Reflected. And I am Roberto Baldwin from SAE International. And Nicole, since you were the last one to join the call, that was let's not start with you. Okay, oh, can burn. I just clarify that something's wrong with iMessages? Literally, I'm like, Sam, where's the link? He's like, yeah, we're recording. I'm like, can I have the link? He's like... And it's not coming through. So I, I feel like it was like, a, who's I think, on I think, first I think iMessage is deliberately is filtering out all links from Android phones. So like I that. had, so he holds up his phone. I see three links. You look at my phone, no <laughs> links. So yeah. we're having this conversation where neither one of us knows what we're doing. I was only last because <laughs> darn that Apple. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I had the, um, I had a Subaru Crosstrek, uh, which Ooh. is fun. I like the little Crosstrek. I feel like Subaru is sort of like, um, the poster child car for New England. Like, do you really live here if at some point in your life you haven't owned a Subaru? Well, isn't it the only car that's allowed to be registered in Vermont? Correct. Yeah. Right. Legally. You can't, nothing Legally, else can be registered. Yeah. Right. Not only a Subaru. Else. They're like, everything else is to, gray market. Right. Yeah. You need to pick another border, pick a border, move over there, register your car in another state. You can't register that garbage here. Yeah. Only Subarus. <laughs> so <laughs> I have the Subaru Crosstrek, which I drove at the launch back in May, I think it was. Um, and they had the Crosstrek Wilderness that I missed the other week, which I was really sad because things went sideways at home. But yeah, this is just the straight up. This is the Crosstrek Premium in pure red. It is very red. It is very, very bright. Um, but I like the color. I think it suits it. Uh, and I've always liked how the Crosstrek looks. Like, do you remember when they had, I don't think they do the orange anymore. Do they still do the orange? This uh, really bright orange my neighbor has. I, I, I don't know. I, that, that was a cool color. It was really cool. My neighbor has one and she was so excited when she bought it. And I still see her to the, I'm like, it's Laura. Like I know just because she's a little orange Subaru Crosstrek that goes to the neighborhood. Um, so they redesigned stuff this year. Uh, so it's better, but I don't think it's like suddenly you get in the Crosstrek. You're like, Oh, what's this? It still feels like a Crosstrek in all the right ways. Um, it has an 11.6 inch infotainment touchscreen giant is screen, which I love. Um, it now has wireless, Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, um, which was cool. I always like to have wireless. I, I think I forget how much I appreciate wireless connectivity for your phone until you get in a car that doesn't have it, because there are some that still don't have it. You mm -hmm. have to have a wire. And I sit down, I don't have a wire. I'm like, what is this? Hundays and Kias don't. Yeah. No, and it's no, like, no. This? Again, the hun our Hyundai oh. has wireless. It's 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 oh, all okay. over the map. Insanity. It's, it depends <laughs> on the trim. This trim doesn't. That trim does. But on the other it's, lineup, yeah, it's, it's the other way it's around. It's complete insanity how they've figured out. Like we have a, I have a like the like the the nicest like EV uh, Kia Nero EV. Nope, got to plug a wire in. Well, yeah. and it's My like some of them. It's the base <laughs> trim. Like the base trims yeah. have wireless. 
What was exactly. it? What did I just drive? What just the, was it the Kona they just did a drive for? And they said wireless is coming for the full lineup, but not yet. Like it's yeah, like, we, so it's still the weirdness, but like when is it coming? Next year. When? Sometime next year in a down, it is, like it'll be an automatic uh, over the air update. But it's like when and who and how you're like, oh, it'll, guess, it'll get there when it gets there. Exactly. It'll be done it's, when it's done. It's exactly. bonkers all over the place. It it's is crazy. It's yeah. But so the Subaru Crosstrek, not crazy. For the first time, wireless Apple CarPlay and wireless Android Auto is available on the Crosstrek. And I love it. I love having wireless. I hate having wired connectivity. I decided that's become like a must have for me now along with needing heated seats and a heated steering wheel, which I realized today when it got down finally into the 40s, like fall arrived last night in New Hampshire. It was a blammo. I woke up and I was freezing. Before that, it was warm. We had the air conditioning on in the house last night. I just need to say that's how weird the weather is. The AC was on last night. This morning, it was only 60 degrees when we woke up. I'm like, what in the house? I'm like, what is what is going on? So anyway, so... Love this little cross track. I think it's it's fun. You know, it's not, it looks great inside. It's comfortable. It easily sits, you know, it, it's got plenty of room for even tall folks in the back, like Russ sat in the back. He wasn't squished. And it's reasonably responsive. 152 <laughs> horsepower, 145 pound feet of torque. This is with a four cylinder. Uh, it's a two liter four cylinder. Um, it has a CVT. I mean, if you hit the gas hard, it doesn't sound you hear it, but it doesn't sound like it's overly struggling. Like you're not going to panic that your car is about to just give up the ghost as you get on the highway. But it does take a second for it to figure out that you do, in fact, want it to go very fast to merge in with the traffic that is already going a very Oh, you want to go somewhere. It's like, yeah. Oh, hold oh, on. Yeah. Like, oh, you push that long pedal on the right because going is what you're. Oh, oh going. <laughs> but once it does go, it's fine. So I actually really like the Crosstrek. I think it's a great little car. Um I thought this had pricing on it. I don't have pricing on here, which, no, yes, I do. I had to turn it around. It is Crosstrek Premium is what I'm driving right now. And it starts at $26,145. There was $2,200 in options. How much do you think there was for the destination delivery? Sam, you go first. I uh, will say $995. Robbie? $996. Robbie wins $1,295. Yeah. Robbie's sneaky. Yeah, He's he sneaky. is. He is. I know how to play the game. He knows oh, how to play and, the prices right. And and for for what it's worth, uh, uh, there you cannot. There is no orange available this year. That's what I thought. Yeah, I that's what can't. I've been doing too. There, there is. I there is the a orange was one of those ones they said bye bye, no more orange. Yeah. That that or that was a cool shade of orange. There is a sunblaze pearl, which is kind of a lighter red that's got almost a it's it's, it's like a, a blood like like a blood orange. Okay kind of color to it uh, yeah. and then, and then there's a orange. then there's a pure red that's what i have i have yeah. pure red yeah. i liked the orange i thought it, i don't know why i'm not particularly a fan of orange cars but it totally suits the cross track oh absolutely yeah. it they have it for the wrx though yeah well you can get is, the orange you want, you want that high vis paint you know on a car like that yeah, yeah. Like it's, like, look yeah, at me so. just like wearing your reflective vest when you go out and walk the dog in the early yeah. morning in the fall in the winter when it's dark outside Exactly. It's totally exactly like that. You want to make yeah. sure that everybody can see you. So I, you know, I'm a fan of this. I like driving. I think the pricing is decent. Like, so you're coming in at under 30,000, just under 30, 29,685 for the one that I'm driving. But you kind of have, you know, you've got all the features you want. You have that the X mode on there. So when the snow is 
falling and you want to get through the snow, you can get through the snow. It has decent infotainment. It has comfortable seats. It has, you know, dual zone climate control. It has, it has all the little things you want. Like it's got enough features to make you feel comfortable, to make you enjoy the drive. It has the power, like I said, isn't super aggressive, but it's not so, it's not so low that you're feeling it. It doesn't make you panic getting on the highway. That's where I feel like the line is on power. Does it have enough power? As long if you have to work it, if you have to hit that gas early on the ramp, because you know that it takes a second, that's fine. It's when you hit the gas early on the ramp and it's floored and you're still like, oh, dear God, I can't do this. That's when it's not enough. As long as it can get you up to speed by the time you're on the highway and it can do that. So I enjoy driving the Crosstrek. I like it. I, I think it's a fun little car. Um, I've always liked it. I liked it better when they had orange. But I can get by with pure red <laughs> like, instead of fine. Orange. Yeah, fine. And if you're going to take that away from me, fine. And it can even tow. This can tow 1,500 pounds, which is not like it's going to tow giant stuff, but it can tow a little bit. And it has like roof rails on there. Motorcycles. Our, yeah. our, our neighbors have this tiny little trailer that they found. Yeah. That it, it would be perfect for towing behind a cross track. See, it's like yeah. you want, because sometimes you just want like a little extra. Like I feel this is not like I'm towing my ginormous boat. It's just like a little extra stuff I need to tow. I'm a rugged or, outdoorsy type in my Subi. Or, you know, if, there, if there's not enough room in the cargo area inside, you know, for the mulch, you know, you can have a little trailer, little hook trailer? it up there and, and grab another 1,500 pounds worth of mulch. And there put some go. mulch in there. Yeah. I always feel like the little, it has to, I, when I think of the little trailers hooked up to a vehicle like this, I remember, I don't know, I feel like this is something that only dads can make. Like you're not allowed to make this until you're a dad. You cobble together a trailer where you make the sides a little bigger with a with a plywood, yes. and then you see that trailer still on the highway. At thirty years after Dad made it, the plywood has some holes starting to get, but he's still like, "No, it's doing the job." And you put the little plywood. That's what I picture: the little plywood reinforced trailer with stuff, bark mulch, or whatever shoved in there. And and the nice thing is, you know, at that price point, you know, I mean, that's still you know well under well under thirty grand. You know, starting at twenty five, right? You know, all wheel drive is standard. That's the thing on, on every Subaru except the BRZ, right? So you've got to so you it's like so you can get you could if you want to get the base trim and the cross track, and you still have a vehicle that's pretty darn capable. You get a little bit, you know, you have enough ground clearance that you can get over light off road stuff. You know, you're just you know driving to your cabin or you're driving you know down a dirt road that's a little bit more rutted. You can get through the snow. I've watched Lara blast through snowbanks <laughs> on this road for years. You can get through the snow. Um, it's just enough, but you know, actually, and on a sort of like side note, the challenge with getting cars that have extra ground clearance is if you have someone who isn't really mobile, it can be hard to get in. My mom is elderly. She has a hard time getting into a lot of cars. If it's too low, they're falling into the car because the sedan is hard. Mm -hmm. for, if it's too high, they can't step up. This is like a very much a just right height. She scooched right into this. She was able to swing her legs in and out without feeling like it was too high or too low. And I remember thinking as I watched her, I thought, gosh, she can't get into every car this easily. She had a much better time getting into this. So it gives you just enough ground clearance to help when it's snowy or you're a little bit off road without getting so high that it's like suddenly you're carrying a little step stool if your mom is short and not very mobile, <laughs> which is what I have done on occasion. So yeah, so that was a real plus. I thought that's a really good, the step in height for this is actually just perfect. It was really good. Subarus are very weird in that I think what happens is it comes out and then everyone's like, oh, like it, the BRZ came out and everyone's like, boo, it's not, it doesn't have enough power. Or the cross track mm -hmm. came out and they're like, boo, it's not a, you know, it's, what is this weird thing? Just get an outback. Um, and then like after like three years, everyone's like, oh, this, this car is actually really cool. Right. It's like, it's just, <laughs> everyone no, it's just, just sort of comes around and, to it because they drive it and they're like, oh, 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 this is cool. 
right? Like you suddenly realize you're like, okay, she's like, oh, oh. it's just a Subaru. It's another Subaru. Oh, wait. And, this is, and this you is know, conce- conceptually, a Crosstrek is not that fundamentally different from an Outback, except that it's a bit smaller. Yes. And, yeah. and for a lot of people, you don't necessarily need the size of an Outback or the Ascent, you know, or, or you know, or even a Forester for that matter. Yeah. You know, you, you want something that's got, you know, the same capabilities. Like my daughter, for example, um, you know, she's shopping for a new car right now and she has opted not for Subaru, but uh, <laughs> she's living in Colorado. She wants she wanted to get an all wheel drive vehicle to replace her Toyota 86. And, um, you know, she it, she narrowed down her, her final choices to Mazda CX-30 and the, the Kia Sportage. And the Sportage, she decided, was just a little bit too big because she mm-hmm. has to park on the street. So right. she, she street yeah. parks, curbside parks. And, you know, the smaller size, uh, among other things, of the of the CX-30, she felt was a, was a better fit for her. And, you know, same thing, you know, if you're shopping for a Subaru. If you don't necessarily need that extra space of an Outback, then you know the Crosstrek, as you said, with the height might yeah. be just just the right it's fit for what right. you well, need. Well, That's why they make them in different sizes. Right. It's interesting you're saying that your daughter's buying one because the one other person I know who bought one within the last year, I want to say, my nephew's girlfriend, they're in college. She needed a new car. She wanted something that had a little bit of extra room that could handle the New England winters. They could be easy to park where she was because she goes to school in the city. So she's in Boston. The cross truck is what she got. There you go. So see. And, and my daughter's getting her CX-30 in Soul Crystal Red. Oh, nice. Okay, good. I was like, because if she got another color, we'd have to talk to her about that. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I feel like that's abuse if you allow your child. <laughs> yeah, like, honey, you're making a terrible. That's I said. You know when to coach your kids? Well, this is the coaching moment. You have Don't to come. get the red. <clears throat> Don't make a horrible mistake with your life. Get the red. <laughs> Don't come home on the holidays if you get. <laughs> right. Don't like, come home with a white Mazda. What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, it doesn't have the, no. They have a nice pearl white. It's actually kind of nice. But you're not allowed to get the pro. You have to get the red. Robbie. I know. Red is the color. I know. Just saying. Just saying. So, yeah. (laughs) So, those are my thoughts on the Legally, those are the color. Legally. I like the cross track. Yeah, you can only buy a Subaru in Vermont, and you can only buy red in a Mazda. Those are the rules that we live by (laughs) at Wheel Bearings. (laughs) They're pretty simple rules. It's it's not that hard. Yeah. Life life doesn't need to be difficult. Just abide by those rules, and you're good. And you're good. That's all we're asking. Everything else is fair game. But- right. Do whatever else you want, but follow those two rules. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Robbie, what have you been driving? What have I been? I forgot. Um, <laughs> a lot of cross-track talk. Uh, I drove the Lucid Air Pure, the all-wheel drive version. I didn't get the rear-wheel drive. I don't think they had it. Like, I got the all-wheel drive version, and then, like, 10 minutes later, like, the email came through with the uh, <laughs> with the price for the... Uh, the uh the rear wheel drive version um so i've driven the only lucid air i haven't driven at this point is the sapphire yeah and so um i can tell you that if you're still looking if you're looking at the lucid air and you're thinking to yourself oh should i get the pure you know it doesn't have the glass roof doesn't have you know blah 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 just get the pure it's the glass roof is, I mean, they look cool, but it's heavier. Like some, even though they, they, you know, they've coated it, you're still gonna get glare. Sometimes it's a little too bright. Sometimes it gets hot if you're like in really, really hot area. <laughs> just, 
just get the one thing. Just get the regular old roof. If you want something without a roof, get in a convertible. That's my new. <laughs> <laughs> so we need a convertible lucid. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we need a convertible lucid. Like the next totally lucid. Totally reasonable. Totally reasonable. We should add that. That's. Yeah. A, I mean, it's a bad idea for that company to be honest. Um, to do a convertible because convertible take rates are pretty low. Um, but uh, if they did at, do at some it, point in the future, once they've stabilized and got their volume yeah. up with the gravity, then they can think about doing a convertible. Yeah, you got to get you got to do, you know, I, everyone needs to have that that crossover or that SUV in their lineup so they can do other things. Just ask Porsche about that. Yeah. And how. <laughs> but but I would love to see a, a convertible with the Lucid hardware. Oh, yeah, because it'd be so light. They're like their 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 motor is just this tiny little thing. <laughs> And it kicks out. It's it's insane. Like how how yeah, their their engineering is and their packaging is is bonkers. And they could no. definitely they could definitely just throw that motor and like a sixty kilowatt hour or seventy kilowatt hour battery pack in a in a convertible, and it would be outstanding. That would be an interesting resto mod. You know, build uh like a you know, an old Miata with a Lucid motor and a battery. Oh yeah. Oh, that would be funky. Yeah, yeah. that would be good. Get they're right on so, that. You've, you've got a Miata, Sam. So, make that happen. Make it happen. Uh, they're so bonkers efficient. Um, anyway, yeah. So I drove the Pure. Um, I had the all-wheel drive version, um, which uh, I'm trying to figure out what the starting price is. Because they didn't have a, a Monroney for this. It came from the fleet, but the fleet didn't have it. It, it doesn't matter. The, the website says 82.4. Yeah, so it's 82.4. And then the rear-wheel drive is 77-something. 77 so 82.4. Yeah, so originally, a million years ago, in the before times, um, there was, uh, I think they were talking about like 60000 for the entry for the Pure. And then um, everyone started making EVs and realized, ooh, and then, you know, we had issues with with uh, getting all, you know, the parts you need for all these vehicles, and, and that was tough. And so everything jumped. You can ask Ford about that and look at the, uh, the, the, the sporadic and insane uh, – price changes when it comes to the uh, f-150 lightning so yeah so i drove the pure it's the uh slowest loose i don't know it's got zero to <laughs> slow slow is a relative That's, term i was gonna it's say so slow. Like, like a neighbor drove by and my neighbors know what i do for a living and uh he, he stuck his head the window of his of his uh vehicle and he said hey how do you like it? And I'm like, oh, it's actually really nice. You know, it's this is the pure version. It's the you know, it's the all-wheel drive of it. Um, he's like, yeah, my wife wants it, but she wants the fast one. I'm like, this is plenty fast. It's zero to sixty in three point eight seconds. Three. That is no, speedy. It's so. It's yeah. Like you don't even. No, you don't need. <laughs> you don't, I, mean, I know. It is not that long ago when you know that was supercar territory. Yeah, yeah like nothing truthfully. could beat that. Like you, you were spending. 200 and something thousand dollars and you had a car that you could only drive like 10 miles before you had to get it serviced and now you can just go electric crazy fast so no and you know the chassis uh the chassis team over at lucid is is top notch it, it drives great um in regular mode sprint mode spirit mode you know it's it's such a God, they just drive super nice this and it, it's 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 really impressive what this company has done Especially as a first auto, you know, this is their first car. Um, and, and they have a lot of really smart people over there. But you could really kind of sort of not, you know, you're just trying to get the car out. You're just trying to get the car out. And then you get it out. And you're like, well, we can make tweaks for the next car. We make, you know, we can do this. But that's that, apparently that's not how Lucid rolls. Um, 
it was comfortable. Um, you know, the the interior was really nice. Still, it still felt premium. It wasn't, you know, didn't have all the really really fancy bits that they have in the other uh, Lucilite. But it was, it it was fine. It was really, yeah. It felt, it still felt like a luxury vehicle when you're driving it in the pure. Um, it's still, you know, 480 horsepower, which is, again. <laughs> Where are you going? Why do you need that much horsepower? I mean, even even the rear drive need? is four hundred and thirty. Yeah, even the come on, come on. So, uh, so I had the one with the twenty-inch wheels. They have nineteen-inch wheels, which is four hundred ten miles of range. Which that's a long way. That's a long way to go. Um, and so, but I had the one with the twenty the twenty-inch tires uh, wheels, and its range is three hundred eighty-four miles. Now, on my range test. Um, I had to use a different route this time because of uh, some scheduling things. Um, and so I got 377 miles of range. But the caveat is, is that this this other route, there's a lot less actual like sort of in-town driving in my route because I try to like mix it up. So it's like 50% highway and then 50% of like in-town driving and like sort of back roads driving. And this one had less um, in-town driving than my regular route. So 377, which is, you know, what is that, seven? Seven miles off their EPA. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's pretty much in line with what the EPA says um, based on, you know, just sort of doing these routes over and over again with all these different vehicles. Um, <clears throat> that said, that's really impressive because Lucid, like um, uh, Tesla, they don't. They, there's the two cycle and the five cycle test at the EPA. It doesn't matter. You don't have to like get not to get too much into the weeds, but there's an adjustment factor that you can you can add in the automaker if you do the five cycle, and it's that adjustment factor which is where uh, Lucid and Tesla sometimes they'll say, well, we get you know 400 miles, and then when we do the test, it gets like 380 or 370 um, with both of those vehicles. I feel like Lucid is you know has probably adjusted their uh, efficiency and their motor and everything to actually hit those EPA numbers. Um, you know, you hear uh, people all the time saying, well, Tesla says it'll do 400 miles, but in, in reality, when I do my test, it's like 380, you know, it's, it's under or it's 370 or something. So um, I expected, you know, and I've had this on Lucid's before where, you know, it was a really high number. And then I was like, you know, 20, 30 miles off of that number. It's still insane. Instead of 400 miles, I got 380 miles or something. Yeah. Um, but with this one, it's pretty much dead on, which is uh, a good testament to um, any sort of adjustments they may be making um, to these vehicles. So, yeah, or, you know, they, maybe they're just like adjusting their uh, their adjustment. So, uh, yeah, it, it drives nice. Doesn't have all the bells and whistles Doesn't have like the 50 cameras around it. But um, it, the, the dream drive I had, it just, you know, it was, it was essentially just uh, what do you call it? Um, you know, when you follow other cars, <laughs> adaptive cruise control, adaptive cruise control, <laughs> you know, <laughs> other cars thing that it does. Yeah, that was it does, great. You know, it's really smooth. It does a really great job <laughs> with adaptive cruise control. Uh, it's comfortable. You could totally go on a long road trip with this thing. I mean, 380 miles of range is nothing to sneeze at. That's, that's like seven hours of driving at least. So you're going to pull over anyway. Um, and that's from a 92 uh, kilowatt hour pack. So you're getting all this mile, all these miles, and you're not doing it with this gigantic pack like you would with, say, uh, a Silverado or even, you know, the the uh, the F-150 Lightning. This, you know, the, like, oh, I have all this range, but it's going to take like 17 days to charge your, 
<laughs> charge your car or the Hummer EV, which, you know, if you charge it at home, if you went to zero, it'd take like two or three days to like charge that thing. Um, yeah, you know, Lucid is there, you know, uh, if you talk to Peter Rollinson over there, the CEO, CTO, he's all about efficiency. He will talk your ear off about efficiency. Um, and, you know, that really shows that and that I, that's really important. I don't think we, um, the automakers talk enough about uh, making these vehicles really efficient. When I in my test, I got a 4.1 miles per kilowatt hour, which is really nice, especially from a vehicle this size. So, yeah, if you're looking at the Lucid Air and you've been like, oh, they're so expensive, you know, I can't uh, I can't afford, you know, over one hundred thousand dollars. If you can afford 80, which is, you know, not me, but if you're someone who can and you're looking around, you know, it's definitely something you should put on your uh, your list of vehicles to check out. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I, I remain a fan of the Lucid Air. And I think, you know, if I was going to get a Pure, I would actually probably go with the 19s, the 19 inch wheels. Yeah, just, just for that, that extra little bit of sidewall. I mean, it, it depends on where you live, but, you know, certainly, you know, the, the Bay Area, you know, especially the North Bay Area, you know, there's some roads that can get a little rough. Um, and here in Michigan, absolutely, you know, and having that extra little bit of compliance in the sidewall to absorb the road imperfections as such as they are uh, would be a very handy way to hopefully av avoid some flat tires like I had the, the last time that I had an error last year. <laughs> Just um, You know what? I, I don't don't get the big wheels. Just yeah. don't. You're, you're gonna they, be, they add weight. They take away trouble. range. Yeah, you know, they, they look kind of cool, but they're they're just not very useful. They don't they diminish, add any functionality. Yeah, they diminish uh, comfort. There's just all the, you're more likely to get like curb. Like then they brought the car to me. It already had curb rash on it, and I was like, "Well, I didn't did do that." Really? I was yeah, someone already curbed it, and I was like, "Oh," and I pointed the guy who dropped it off. I'm like, "I didn't do that." He's like, "Yeah, yeah." I just showed him. He's and then we talked about wheels, and yeah. <laughs> he's like, "There's no, just get the bigger, just get the smaller wheels." You're just you're going to be happier to be, I mean, it looks cool with the big wheels, but, but you know, 19 inch wheels aren't exactly small. Yeah. yeah that's the other crazy thing. I remember that's, 15... yeah, but like that's considered small, like the, the smaller wheels. I'm like, those are pretty darn big wheels to begin with there, buddy. Yeah. I remember my Honda had like 13s and then I put 15s on it. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my Miata, you know, had 14s originally. It's got 15s on it now, you know, and they're, you know, that's, Gigantic. that's way, it's way bigger than most, you know, or 19s and 20s and 21s are way bigger than most people need. Yeah. But, just, just, yeah, just get your, your wheels are probably going to be cheap. Your tires are probably going to be cheaper too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and you will have to replace tires. I mean, you know, that in fact, you know, EVs go through tires faster than internal combustion vehicles do. So, yeah, you know, if, Think think about that in terms of what you're going to have to spend a couple of years from now. Yeah, you know, when you wear out those tires. Yeah. Did you know you can support wheel bearings directly? Head to Patreon.com/slash/WheelBearingsMedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to Patreon.com/slash/WheelBearingsMedia. All right. Excellent. Um, I also had an EV. Um, in fact, um, briefly during the, the swap, because they were coming from two different places, I had two EVs in the driveway at the same time that were roughly similar, fairly close in price point. 
They're both in the low to mid sixties. Um, they both have a nominal range of, you know, around 200 miles. They're both technically crossovers for whatever that means anymore. Um, but the, the one that was going away, um, it, if I had to choose between the two, if I was spending 60 plus thousand dollars on an EV and I had to choose between those two, the choice would have been easy and it would not have been the Lexus RZ 450 E. What would it have been? Uh, the Kia EV6 GT that's in my driveway right now. Yeah. And we'll talk about that one next time. But the um, the RZ450 is Lexus's take on the the Toyota Subaru ETNGA platform. So this shares a lot with the um, Subaru Solterra and the Toyota BZ4X. Um, and it's actually kind of a, it's funny, it's, it's kind of a mix uh, the hardware is kind of a mix of the, the front wheel drive and all wheel drive versions of the BZ4X because the BZ4X, it ha- it, there's two different batteries that they use. They're similar in size. One is um, a Panasonic battery that's 71.4 kilowatt hours. That's in the front wheel drive BZ4X. The all wheel drive has a CATL battery that's about 72 and a half kilowatt hours, so just slightly larger. Um, the... Uh, for the Lexus, they went with the Panasonic battery. And on the the Toyota, um, if you get front-wheel drive, you get 150 kilowatt, uh, roughly 200 horsepower front motor for front-wheel drive. If you get the all-wheel drive, they replace that 150 kilowatt motor with two 80 kilowatt motors, one at each end. So a little over 200 horsepower. So it keeps keeps it close to the same power regardless of your front or all-wheel drive. For the Lexus, they kept the larger motor on the front axle from the BZ and added the 80-kilowatt motor. So you have, I think, a total of a little over 300 horsepower on this thing. Uh, and the the Panasonic battery, because the Panasonic battery can charge it up to 150 kilowatts. Whereas the CATL battery in the all-wheel drive BZ and the Subaru only charges up to 100 kilowatts. And even at that, from most tests, it typically doesn't get even to 90 kilowatts most of the time. So uh, you get a little bit faster charging, a little, you know, um, it's definitely more power, more performance out of the RZ. It's arguably a bit better looking. It's still, I think, a little overstyled um the you know that doesn't it has a you know a different take on the the spindle grill there isn't really a traditional grill you know lexus grill um the 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 design is interesting the color was nice uh i had the the light blue which they call ether um and um uh let's see let me find my notes orange They do not offer an orange. <laughs> Lexus, Lexus does not do orange. Oh man! Uh, so when I, you know, after I plugged it in, got it fully charged up, it showed 194 miles of range on there. Uh, it's this particular version because it was the the RZ Luxury. Uh, they have the premium and luxury trims. the The premium trim has 18 inch wheels. That one is rated at uh, uh, 204, 206. Uh, two hundred. Oh, sorry, two hundred twenty miles for the for the one with the eighteen inch wheels. With the twenty inch wheels, it's only rated one hundred and ninety six. 
I got uh, it, it showed 194 on the, the cluster. Um, after driving it around, uh, I averaged 2.8 miles per kilowatt hour. Uh, and after doing some math, uh, it worked out to it. If I had completely drained it, it would have gotten just slightly over 200 miles. So it basically, you know, slight, just did slightly better than the EPA mileage rating. Although, um, recently the guys at outer spec reviews did their 70 mile, uh, per hour range test with the RZ. And so that's just straight up highway driving. You know, I, I did mixed driving. With straight up highway driving at 70 miles an hour, they only managed to get 174 miles out of the RZ, which is not great. Um, it's really quite disappointing. Um, on the plus side, um, the spec sheet for the RZ lists the maximum AC charging speed at only 6.6 kilowatts. But when I plugged it in, I was actually getting 7.2 kilowatts. Uh, so it actually charged a little faster than what it's technically rated at. So I don't know if the spec sheet is wrong or maybe they upgraded the onboard charger, what, what the deal was, but, um, I, I got, uh, slightly better. So it charged a, a little faster, um, which is good given the, the limited range of this thing. He said, it'll do a DC fast charge, you know, it peaks at 150 kilowatts. Um, but it does drop off fairly early on and starts ramping down. So it can take it can take quite a while to fully charge uh, an RZ just as it does with a BZ. Um, the interior is really nice. Um, there one complaint though uh, is there is no glove box on the passenger side. So in the console underneath the the console, there's a storage space there, but that's all taken up by the owner's manual because there's no glove box in which to put the owner's manual. So there's there there is a, a bin at the back end of the, the center console, which is, it's fine. Uh, it's not particularly huge, but yeah, storage is kind of limited inside the, uh, the RZ for all your stuff. You know, there's not a lot of all nooks and crannies stuff. to put, to put the detritus of daily life, as we have said before. All your uh, things. Yeah. To put all your things. Uh, so, you know, like my, you know, if you look at my wife's car I and mean, she would, she would definitely not do well with, with the RZ or she would have to, <laughs> Learn a little discipline about what to keep in the car. <laughs> um, That's always my sad thing with driving press cars. I never have a ready store of napkins and extra straws in my glove box. Yeah, my the actual napkins, car the always napkins has things. That. I always have napkins in my cars. We I always, always have, have. I never. I never think to put them in a press car, and inevitably that means I'm like sopping up something spilled with like the sleeve of my shirt or something. Because like, oh god, I just spilled this. <laughs> I'm ruined the press car. Usually it's well, like I have I to blow my nose or something. I drink a lot of coffee and coffee every that, now and then is drippy. And you're like, oh, no. no that's so true. You drink a lot. You drink a lot of coffee. So you're jittery is what you're telling us. <laughs> I, no, I drink a lot of coffee. So I and they're fancy. So I end up Starbucks is messy. And you bring the coffee cup across. And you put in the cup holder. You're like, uh, crap. And it's like left a trail of coffee across your knees and the console. So there you go. Uh, yeah, the, personal uh, problems. <laughs> you know, aside from the absence of storage, um, they're. Uh, the interior of the the RZ is nice. The materials are nice. You know, typical Lexus fashion. It's got the new, um, you know, the the current generation Toyota Lexus infotainment system, which is really good. It's a nice big fourteen inch screen. Um, it's got knobs for your temperature control and for volume, which is always a, a good thing. Um, the back seats roomy, um, decent amount of cargo space in the back. So 
you know, it's it's not it's not a bad place to be for for drive. And you know, we've said before, you know, two hundred miles is actually enough for for it's most people's fine. daily driving, and it Most is and your day. You're yeah, fine. Yeah, it, it'll I, easily I, handle. You know, any you know, if you could, if you have the ability to charge at home overnight, you can drive this thing no problem at all, and you know, not have any issues with range. Um, the only time it's going to be a challenge is if you want a road trip, and this is probably not your ideal road trip car because again, the DC fast charging is not tremendously fast, and the range is, especially in highway driving, is kind of mediocre. Um, especially for this, this price point. Uh, one one other thing I wanted to note is the uh, the door over the charge port feels uh, really flimsy. It's a it's really? plastic, yeah. And the hinge between the hinge and the 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 plastic panel that's on there, it just feels really flimsy. That's a funny one to point out, and you don't normally mention Wait, that, it, so it must genuinely feel that way. I literally yeah. don't think I've ever heard you comment that before. Is it like an automatic door? Is it just one? No, it's manual. Open? And and you got to find okay. just the right spot to press on it for it to pop open. Oh. So a lot of times, you know, I would be pressing on it like three or four times trying to find the right spot to get it to actually pop open. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not a great design for the charge port door. I really appreciate uh, BMW's charge port doors. They're just like gas doors. You just like mm-hmm. put plop plops That's open, so, and plug it in. Pop, yeah, they all have. There just is a pop, thing. Like there's like a thing. Like that. Lex, why do that, they that, have to open weirdly? They come out. They twist left. They twist right. The lucid, right, the lucid had one. It like it pops out and it goes down and then. Yeah. Like, why you know, can't we just everyone, like push no, it? Just, bling, just it push opens it and up. Pops open. I don't. I, why yeah, do they feel that? Why is that? That's a that's an, that like, I'm like why just is this a thing with EVs? Stop it. Why do they feel the need to make this complicated? Because they're like, oh, it's just a future. I'm like, no, just give us, just no. no we, I no. like the past when it comes they, to this. They, they, want, they want to make it feel like you're getting your money's worth. You're so paying a premium a for this flimsy car. flimsy door. Yeah. <laughs> a little flimsy, weird, like, system that's going to break it whenever, you, you know. It gets frozen. You it, won't open yeah, and, exactly. And, and this one, you know, it just feels like, you know, I could... You know, very easily twi- twist it and just snap it right off. Snaps it right off. Uh-huh. Yeah, it does so not they, feel it does not feel robust at all. So they got halfway there. They got the actual just little manual door, but then they bought the cheapest door. Then they got the cheapest <laughs> yeah. possible way. It's a they plastic. Can make it, that manual it's a plastic panel with a plastic hinge on it. It yeah. It doesn't. Oh. It does not. It does not feel good, especially at this price point. So, yeah. um, a, as equipped, the one I had was $66,375 for an Oof. RZ450E luxury. Would you pay that? Would you buy that for that price, Sam? No. No. <laughs> I like, like how a, you thought about that There was first. no pause. Like, you know? was, no. No, I would not. No, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to spend 60 plus grand, this would not be the, the car I would buy yeah, for an no, EV. No. It, it would definitely be the EV6GT. Oh, yeah. I love the EV6 GT, even though it doesn't get the range of the non-GT EV6. Don't care. Yeah, totally worth an extra. Well, it's still doing. It's still better. It's more efficient. It's you know, it's getting better efficiency than yeah. the Lexus did. Yeah, but we'll talk about charging, RG next time. Chargers quicker. Yeah, whole, you can. Yeah, ten to eighty percent, and you know, seventeen, eighteen minutes. I did and, a bunch of math on Ars Technica about the EV6 GT versus the regular EV6. If you're super nerdy about math and timing and take the charge. Oh yeah, I mean, drop drop that link in the uh, show notes. Yeah. And I'll, oh I'll no, now I got to look it up. Oh <laughs> man! Technica. So guess, guess is on the delivery charge for the RZ. Ooh ooh, do you want to go first? Or do you want to go second? I'll I'll go first. I'll say um, thirteen ninety five. I don't know. One dollar. Robbie wins eleven fifty. Oh, it was pretty high though. 
Yeah, it's a little little bit higher than the uh, than the Subaru was, but yeah, um, but not you know not not as high as some stuff we've had. No, it could definitely be worse. Yeah. What's the highest one we've had? Have we had any? Who, the, who, I think the it? Hummer's like two grand. Oh, uh, um, that makes sense. Yes. You know, and I think the, you know, the, the F-150s are like 1795 now. Most of the big trucks are truck. like 17, 1800 now. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, how, that's weird. All right. Let's get on to some other topics. Okay. Um, sticking with EVs uh, for the moment. Um, got a little bit of information on the 2024 model year F-150 Lightnings. Um, one of the things that's changing for model year 24 is they're putting heat pumps on them. Um, Yay. And efficiency. Some of, you know, the, the press release that Ford had said, you know, it'll, it'll get um, uh, 320 miles of range. And some, uh, some of the news reports uh, were indicating that this was an improvement in the range, but actually they, the XLT, the current, you know, the current 2023 X, Lightning XLT uh, with the 18-inch wheels already gets 320 miles of range. So uh, it's not mm. clear if there is actually an improvement in, in efficiency or not. Um, and Ford has Ford is being suspiciously vague about this. Oh my so, gosh! It's like, <laughs> yeah, I think they haven't finished their EPA certification yet for the 24 model year. So they don't want to say anything specific until they, till they get all the paperwork done. Uh, so we may, we may actually see an improvement. So it may, may bump up by 10 or 15 miles of range, right. which will help, nice. uh, especially with the Silverado EVs now starting yeah. to get delivered. Uh, I think GM, uh, when they reported their Q3 deliveries uh, last week, I think they delivered something like 19 Silverado EV work trucks to uh, fleet customers. Um, so they're, they're, they're slowly starting to trickle those out, uh, to, uh, to fleets. The, I mean, some, most of the other stuff, they like the Lyric and the Hummer, those, those numbers are definitely better. I think they did like something like 3,500 Lyrics and about 12 or 1300 Hummers in Q3. So they're getting a little better on deliveries. Love it. Yeah. Slowly but surely. Scooch better. Um, no, no word yet on the pricing any pricing changes for the 24 model year uh, lightnings or even when they will actually be delivered. Uh, but, uh, but it is, they are, they are all, all the trim levels will have a heat pump available on there. Um, oh, oh, there's, oh, sorry. There's one, there's one other thing, which is the, uh, uh, there's a new trim level, um, flash. which is the lightning flash, which oh. is based Based oh, on the XLT, but adds us all, every one of us. Sorry, you can't just say flash without that. Go ahead. Uh, it's it's based on the XLT trim, but it adds a bunch of the um, the tech features from the Lariat. So it's got the 15 and a half inch screen and Blue Cruise and and a bunch of other features on there. Um, and it'll have a starting price of just under six, 70 grand. So not cheap. But yeah, cheaper pricey, than Alaria. Yeah. Trucks aren't cheap. They just no. aren't. No, they're not. And in fact, uh, I saw uh, something came out. The base price on the the gas F-150s for model year 24 is going to be higher by about two, two and a half grand. So um, almost 40,000? Yeah. Uh, wow. But that's because it's not so much that that particular configuration is necessarily more expensive. 
but the the previous cheaper uh, XL with the 3.3 liter naturally aspirated V6 is no longer going to be available. So mm-hmm. they're just dropping the base model, the previous base model. It's not really that it's getting more expensive. It's just they axed a, a trim. Yes. Yeah. So they, they they discontinued the cheaper version. Womp womp. Um, womp womp. What do you think of the Nissan Hyper Urban Concept? Hyper, hyper, hyper. I like the name Hyper Urban Concept. That looks pretty snazzy. It's very polygon. Yes. It's very <laughs> it's, uh, Poly- polygonal. It's Star Fox. Remember the game Star Fox for the Nintendo uh, something or other? I don't remember. Vaguely. It was, yeah. like, it was like the first 3D game, and it was just like giant polygons. Anyway, that's what the... Uh, that's it, what the uh, this description targets, hyper urban concept. If this targets users such as urban and suburban based professionals who provi- who prioritize environmental sustainability. That's some marketing speak. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so this is this looks like it's you know roughly I don't know maybe somewhere between the Juke and the Rogue mm. in certain terms of size. Uh, maybe a little smaller than the Rogue, a little bit bigger than the Juke. Um, you know, very, it, it, and some, some elements of this design, you know, are kind of similar to what Hyundai was doing for a while on, mm-hmm. like on the last generation Tucson, uh, or, or is it the current generation Tucson? I can't remember. Um, you know, with kind of this faceted design, uh, it's an EV, it's an electric crossover. Nothing about this is going to look like this as I look through these pictures. Have you looked at this? Yeah. I don't um, think any of these things are going to come to fruition. Starting with the oh no, this is just somebody got bored. This is the just someone. You don't, you don't think fun. that sharp edge there with the the lights are on the front is going to make it to production? <gasps> I don't. I, and Sometimes also, you okay, just need to stab you, people as you're driving. You guys, by you guys, you have to look at the second picture with the two people on the very cool lounge chairs in the back seat. Yeah, that? that that is one of the okay. neat features of this. But yeah, look at the guy. Why is the way he is sitting in that chair look like he's folded like a Barbie doll? Like he has no action. There's something really <laughs> well, weird oh, about weird. the mock-up of that. Like what happened when they when they inserted that? Like there's an uncanny the, valley there. Yeah, well, well these yeah. these are these are all renders. They're they're not actual photographs. Yeah. I know, but she or looks people. like a human and he looks like That's a true. doll. Like his body isn't naturally bent. <laughs> like he has a weight. No other joint. None of the joints are actually there. They just yeah, folded it. You're right. His legs. His legs are too short. Right. Something's weird. Right. Is it that? Is it his legs are too short? Well, yeah. and the way his Something hand is, is placed on his thigh. Right. Like the fingers yeah. don't move. Like that is the Ken yeah. hand pose. Like yes, okay. you're, you're absolutely right. He does look like a human Ken doll. It's really weird. It's weird. Okay, it's, I know it's a that is disturbing. The, car. the seats are cool though. The la- the way it looks like a like it literally looks like a chaise lounge. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you looked at the uh, the B roll video clip that's in there. It's only it's only a little over a minute, but they they actually show it. So this is a four seater, but the the front seats. The the rear seat backs or the front seat backs fold flat forward, and then the whole thing can slide back and nestle in just underneath the front edge of the rear seats. So it basically turns turns it into a two seat, you know, two two lounge chairs in there, and the front seats are gone. Oh. Um, and then you've got a screen that pops up from the center console, so I guess you could sit in there and watch a movie, um, you know, or you know, if you were hanging out with your your partner, you know. Your fellow over, 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 overlooking, you know, uh, uh, a sunset somewhere on a cliff, uh, you know, you could relax back there. Uh, 
it's it's kind of kind of neat. One of the, one of the interesting things they talk about, they, you know, they don't get into much in the way of technical details on this thing. Oh, um, I'm watching we'll, the morphing seats. I just got to that part yeah. of the video. Um, you know, they they talk about you know it'll have uh, over the air. They talk about sustainability. You know, in the, um, being able to last longer uh, because you can have you know not only software updates but also hardware updates like a replaceable dashboard. Which seems, you know, the concept also you applies sustainability to vehicle lifespan, making yeah. it ideal for people conscious of long-term value of everything they own. Hardware mm-hmm. updates and regular software updates provide a fresh owner for ownership experience over mm-hmm. many years. For mm-hmm. example, the interior can be refreshed with a new instrument panel mm-hmm. that reflects the latest technologies and trends in graphic user interfaces. Mm-hmm. Now, Fair. it's not entirely clear from that sentence if that means you can actually re- re- physically replace the instrument panel or just entirely replace the graphical interface on the instrument panel. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to be in Japan for the, this is going to be shown at the Japan mobility show oh, in a couple right. of weeks and I'll be there and I'll actually be with Nissan for a couple of days after the show. So we'll, we'll be learning a lot more about this and a couple of other concepts that they're going to reveal. Um, I want to pick if they, well, if they let you sit in it, cause sometimes they don't on the super fancy yeah. Concept stuff. I want a picture of you sitting in those rear seats okay. looking like a not Barbie doll. Okay. Do your best to look like him with your hand perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> See if you can mock the Barbie doll look at that guy. Yeah, I, I will I will do my best. <laughs> um so we'll it'll be interesting to see what Nissan has to show at that uh at the Japan Mobility Show, formerly known as the Tokyo Motor Show. Uh um, just keep changing the names of things. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything. Well, the Geneva is... show is in Qatar, and it's still called. It's yeah. so weird that the size show. is Geneva Motor Show, and then Qatar right above it, like yeah. literally just on like the same the, side. Just the dumbest decision this year for shows. It's, I was like, it's why? Curious. Just, we couldn't get that room, so we decided to move all the way, thousands of miles away, and keep the name. We're like, all right, sure. It's sure. it's a little odd. I mean, it is. Odd. But I'm sure that the uh, the the uh, folks in Qatar paid uh, a healthy sum to Big get the Geneva bucks. organizers to bring their auto show to the Middle East. Yeah, there's that. So they got some moolah. Yes, they, they have a little bit of cash to spend. I've heard. That's what I've heard. Um, okay. Um, Piqua, Ohio. Who's ever heard of Piqua, Ohio? I have not. Um, um, so it's, it's someplace in Ohio, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Ohio. I have, I have no idea where it is in, in Ohio. <laughs> Um, but apparently they've been sending um, end of life batteries or, or batteries from crashed vehicles, EVs there, uh, and they have a um, a former water treatment plant uh, and a company called Energy Storage Response Group LLC uh, has been using that facility for testing batteries, doing various kinds of tests, including burning the batteries. Uh, I think you know they're doing things like you know trying to develop procedures, processes for handling battery fires and, and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, apparently the the local residents are not uh, not too thrilled about this. <laughs> um, and so the, the company has agreed to immediately cease uh, their operations in Piqua. Um, and so they're going to have to find somewhere else to test test batteries. Or batteries uh, on so, fire, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. P- Piqua is... Uh, is west it looks like it's about a half hour west of columbus so it's in central ohio so it's just like near some people they're like hey let's test some batteries let's light some things let's on see fire. what happens if we light this <laughs> stuff on fire and then they went hey, don't let that stuff on homes. fire by me 
Oh, come on. Figure this out, people. You don't need to yeah. do it next to them. So yes, this, this stuff has to be done. Yes. Does it need to be done near some people? Probably, Probably not. not. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the Pequa Public Safety Training Center is what they call the facility. And so they've been they've been you know burning batteries there and trying to trying to figure out how to put them out, um, and uh, the locals are concerned about toxic emissions from this. I mean, no. wouldn't you be if you had a giant lithium battery testing facility where they're just setting the batteries on fire to see what happens? Let's light her up, boys! Woo! What's that cloud of smoke in the front yard? Nah, don't worry uh, about it. Um, Someone lives near. Uh... What do I live near? Refinery. I live near a lot of refineries, and there will be oh shelter in place. You're like, ah. Oh. Really? Do they really do that when things go sideways? Oh yeah, it happens like once a month, and some places they're even closer to the refineries. Oh my god. Yeah, there's a lot of shelter in place stuff that's around. Do you in and, fact shelter in place when they do that? Fortunately, I'm like sort of out of the zone for most of it. So, um, but we almost bought a house like you could like at night. It, the refinery would light up the night. <laughs> It was like Blade Runner. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. So, um, have either of you ever gone to? Uh, and I'm, I'm, I can think I can guess what the answer is going to be. But have either of you gone to charge up an EV at a DC fast charging station and had a vehicle that has capable of very fast charging speeds, but then found that somebody with a vehicle that could not charge very fast was using the fastest chargers? Oh On yeah, occasion. like Hyundai, yes. or the, you know the the bolt connected to the three hundred and fifty when a one hundred and fifty is yeah, open. exactly. Mm-hmm. So how that. how would you feel you know if somebody put a sign on the three hundred and fifty kilowatt charger, and you know that said, and I think you know reasonably, I don't you know the the headline here from this Jalopnik story you know says bizarre passive aggressive notes. Ooh. I don't think it was that passive aggressive. You know, <laughs> I, I think it was pretty reasonably written. Um, Where's the, yeah. I'm trying to see the note. Uh, so uh, it says um, this applies oh, to v- owners of Chevrolet Bolt, EV, EUV, Hyundai Kona Electric, Nissan Leaf, Mazda MX-30, Mini Cooper SE, Smart EQ42, Volkswagen E-Golf, Ford Transit EV, among others. Regina, which is the name of the particular charger um, that this was in an EV go station, provides 350 kilowatts. But if your car is not capable of using it to full capacity, therefore, you are impeding faster charging cars from using it. Faster charging cars can get in and out quicker to the benefit of everyone. Please show courtesy and use Ernie or Florence, two of the other chargers at this location. Uh, This is near uh, DFW Airport, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. Um, Please show courtesy and use Ernie or Florence to the left, west of Regina. Um, For owners with under 100 kilowatt of charge rate, you will not you will uh, charge rate. You will not experience slower. You will not experience slower charging on those as they still charge your car faster than your car can handle. Please educate yourself on how EV chargers work and how to best utilize them for efficient charging. Oh okay. my God, this is way too long. Here's the <laughs> yes. thing with this though. So here's the deal. I feel like it's kind of like when you have the um, handicapped bathrooms in a bathroom. Mm-hmm. If a handicapped person is there, I'm going to let the handicapped person use the bathroom. If there's no handicapped person there and the only stall that's open, I'm going to use the handicapped person bathroom and then get out as quickly as possible. I wouldn't use it if there was another option, but if there isn't another option, 
what if that's the only charger that's open? Now I'm not allowed to charge my car at that because I charge. Well, most... you're allowed. You just gonna... that's what I mean. But what if it's the like the person who wrote this? Who, the, the person who wrote this very long message. Yes. <laughs> like, hold on, let me read this message. <laughs> like, but what if you like? Here's the thing. So, like, if you, I mean, I think you do. I think I like to hope people like if you have a slower charging vehicle, you go to the slower charging charger but what if you have a slower charging vehicle and there isn't a slower charging charger open at the moment you get there you don't know what it looked like when that person put their car there yeah, you don't know also, like yeah i mean the if lack you put of your car there and you walked away and had lunch it could be that during lunch it cleaned out but you're still having lunch do you know what i mean yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. also just just the, the, the these companies the, the, you're getting mad i mean yes should you be charging your bolt at a 350 when there's clearly a 150 right next to it that's open no also but most people you know a lot of people don't really think about that they don't you know you go to a gas you know not all the gas pumps are different unless you're getting diesel and i think only once in my entire life did someone say hey can i use that pump because my car is diesel and i said oh yeah once i filled up gas billions of times i think at some point and you're not going to be there more than a couple of minutes anyway yeah yeah so it's 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 such a weird thing and it's also it's the charging companies, you need to just put 350s everywhere. Just be done with it. That would be the right. thing. And you gradually do that. Yeah. And, and, and to their credit, you know, uh, when EA replaced all of the chargers at my local station here last fall, um, they did that. Because previously there were four 150s and two 350s. And mm-hmm. now, um, except for the one that had a Chatham Oak dispenser on it, they left the 150 there. The other five are all 350s now. And yes. so it doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. But prior yeah. to that, there were instances where I would get there and, you know, not not all of the charge, not all of the 150s were in use, but there were cars, um, including a bolt one time when I wanted to charge a GV60. that was <laughs> there. One one of the two 350s at the time was out of order. The other one was being used by a bolt and there were three 150s open. So, you know, that was kind of annoying. Yeah. And there's people like, well, you know, it'll actually charge at 160. So I'm going to charge at the 350 when my car is supposed to charge at one. And it's like, <sighs> yeah. So, yeah, they, when the, um, in Nevada, where they have all this, the, the EA 350s, they're all 350s now. Yeah. Just all of them. Which is great. And then, and then here near my house, all the, the EA stations, all 150s. So you're just like, well, that's what you get. Yeah. Suck it up. That's all you got. Yeah. But but if you know better, you know, be a good, be a nice, you know, just make yeah, the right I think, decision. I feel like people I, but sometimes, you know, make yeah. the right decision. But you can't yeah. because it takes time to charge your vehicle. But I, like you don't know what it looked so, like when you got there. You don't know. But it's also this this such a so much to read. <laughs> and it doesn't help. But what is it? Super and ultra? Like, I don't know which one is which. Yeah. <laughs> or mega uh, and hyper, ultra. Hyper, hyper. Super and ultra, ultra, mega hyper. Hyper and ultra. Yeah. What the? I still don't know which one's which. I do know that yesterday when I, I had to charge the uh, the EV I'm driving now, um, there were three stations. Uh, they were set up in a way where you couldn't use both sides because they were too close together for the parking spots. Oh God. Yeah. So there was that, and then I pulled into the middle one, and it's like it's it's like roulette. You're like you're like spin <laughs> the wheel. Which one? Which one's gonna work? Pick a number, and I I happened to pick the right one because the one to the right just was stuck on 
and it's like it's been charging for a thousand minutes and you oh my god it off. and the one to the left a person in a mercedes and an eqs like pulled up and they couldn't get theirs to work mine worked fine <laughs> but it was just like that's not how this is to be working it's, it's, but we, it's, we we do you know, I, I agree with you. You know that the the charge point operators need to basically just make them all max the same speed, um, because you know we're going to get more and more vehicles that have higher charging speeds, higher charging capability. Gradually, is that yeah. happen? You know, and yeah. you know, but we also need you know some education for people, oh, especially first time EV buyers, about mm-hmm. things like you know the fact that EVs don't charge at a constant speed all the way through. It's like if you don't need to go to 100 percent, you know stop when you get to 80 yeah, yeah. things like that i i can't tell you how many times i'm at a charging station someone pulls up and they're clearly lost because they've just bought an ev and i just walk over i'm like hey how's it going they're like you know how this works and i explain <laughs> to them how to charge their car because they bought the car and the people at the, the folks at the dealership just gave them no zero information because clearly they probably didn't know either but or yeah, they were like that's, embarrassed that's partly... to ask that's but partly you, on the the dealership, but it's also partly on the human. Like seriously, people, you wouldn't like. Did you buy gas cars? Like I don't know, this one works, and just give them thirty grand and walk away. Like you yeah. ask questions when you buy a gas car. Ask questions if you're buying. A Actually, you would or be surprised. Or an EV, but I feel You're'd, like that's like that's people are stupid. Then like ask questions. Don't jump into new technology. Like I don't know how this stuff works. We'll see what happens. People are embarrassed. That. People don't. People don't. Ask yeah, pe- people don't like to admit that they don't understand no, stuff. Okay. Until they're I mean, at the charging station and I'm there, and they're like, "Hey, let's talk to this guy." I mean, he is seems, that really better? He seems it, he knows what he knows. Is it better knows to look like on. you were the? Did you look less stupid asking well, at the dealership? I don't know how this works, or less stupid. I bought it, and I don't know how well, it works. Well, I'm asking also, Robbie at a charging station. There's a power dynamic at the the dealership as well. Yeah. Where you're, you know, yeah, because you're trying. You feel like you already feel like you're getting you know, one pulled over on you because you're the dealership shafted. is. You know You it, right? already feel like you're being shafted, so you 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 have this. Uh, you know. You want to be you like, just want I to get out of there. Maybe. Yeah, there's also that. <laughs> so you want to get out of there and you want to not look stupid because, you know, as soon as you give them an inch, they're going to be like, oh, by the way, you're going to need to pay an extra $2,000 for the uh, charging bearings. Yeah. Like, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've, you've just spent the last hour in the F&I office with the, the uh, guy trying to decline all of the extended warranties that he's trying all to 800 of them. That's true. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it but, though. Like, yeah, I'm, de- I'm not dealers. afraid to look like I don't know what I'm talking about. I'd be like, I should start well, a company because where you're I a woman. Stand as- Men are, are, are genetically incapable of asking for Of help. asking questions. Oh, that like yeah, there's also for directions? That. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We can't, All right. we can't, we can't let people know that we're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> we'd, we'd rather prove it through our actions than to actually yeah. just, just ask for help. You're dumb by showing up and not knowing how to plug exactly. in rather than just asking your question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, speaking of, of first time EV buyers, um, Volvo, uh, is t- clearly targeting some of them with the new EX30. Um, and, uh, they announced the pricing for the EX30. Um, and it's going to start in the U.S., like U.S. pricing, this is, um, it's going to start at $34,950, which is, I think, the cheapest Volvo of any kind in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Volvo doesn't make cheap cars. Well, up until well, relatively speaking, now it does. Until now, have, have either of you had a chance to drive the EX30 yet? I'll be driving no. it in another week. There's like a thing happening. Yeah. Yeah, next I think week. next the uh, next not yeah not this coming week, but the week after, I will have gotten my hands on it and had have a chance to drive it. Oh, so at far the, I've uh, just at the, seen the it. Drive. 
Uh, yeah. Or, or well, they're doing to... a huge thing in Spain. Oh, okay. You're going to that one. Barcelona. Okay. Barcelona. So, so after that, I, as it stands, I've only looked at it in the, uh, in their reveal that they did in New York and it looks great. Yeah. Except it doesn't have an instrument cluster in front of the driver. Yeah. Uh, is, or mm. a rear wheel window. Yeah. There's, rear there's wheel. they have a rear wheel. Oh yeah. It doesn't have the, the switch. It's like, it's like VW. They skip the switches for the rear windows. You, you you have to select something to. Uh, How much was that? Was that what kept it under thirty five? That's what they did. They Apparently, teeny tiny little switch. Is that the is that the thing? Is that what what you need? I, and then I turn around. There's my Kona in my driveway, and I'm like, oh no, that's not what you need because mine has rear window switches. Uh, so have either of you had had to get uh, body work done on a car recently? Not recently. Knock on yes. wood. No, I have not. Well, apparently, um, if you have a Rivian, uh, it could be quite pricey if you get a little fender bender. Uh, and if you get if you get if your fender gets bent, you may want to just leave it that way. Um, if you if you can av- avoid it, uh, a Rivian owner in uh, a Rivian R1T owner in Georgia, I believe. Um, yeah, got a little. Yeah, a fairly fairly minor fender bender uh, with his R1T. Um, took it to uh, the Rivian Service Center, or, or actually, it was a Rivian approved body shop because I don't Rivian actually has any body shops at their service centers yet. There, so it was a Rivian approved body shop. And one of the downsides of the Rivian design, you know, because it's this unibody design, it has one massive. On each side, you know, one massive sheet of stamped metal that forms the entire body side from the tailgate all the way down the sides, over the roof, down to the A-pillar. That's all one big piece of metal. Wow. And this is a a relatively minor dent in the uh, left rear corner in the bodywork, just below the taillight. So it didn't even shatter the taillight or anything. Uh, And... He was quoted forty one thousand dollars to fix crazy. it because they were going to just you know replace that entire body panel, which of course requires a massive amount of labor and taking stuff apart to replace the an entire body panel like thing that. Is it's yeah they have yeah. this on a McLaren, but it's also a McLaren, so you got that going for you. Yeah, <laughs> and it's actually on the top, so I don't think it's even no, no, actually it's not even the McLaren issue. Oh. Never mind, carry on. So, um. This guy did this owner did some research and he found uh, a, a shop uh, called about 500 miles away that does paintless dent repair. Um, and um, he reached out to them uh, and they quoted um, uh, a much lower price, <laughs> like thirty five hundred dollars. That's a little more reasonable to, to do it, to yeah. basically to, to bang out this this dent in the quarter in the, the rear corner of the car of the truck. Um, so he had it, he put it on a, a, a flatbed, had it shipped 500 miles to the shop. Uh, they spent about 10 hours, you know, it's all, it's just, it's a lot of, it's a fair amount of labor because it's, it's a hard to access spot in this corner here, you know, take off the rear bumper. And there was like one little hole. There's a, a video in the, in the link uh, on the auto blog post that you can watch and see how they did it. But it, it was, you know, it's not a trivial thing, but they were able to fix it. For thirty five hundred bucks, 
Is there an explanation as to why Rivian's deal? I mean, is it like I feel like that should just they they didn't dollars? Did they, they didn't ever have the tools with- or the you know they didn't have the shop he took it to didn't have the expertise to to do this process? Um, you know, because basically what they do is you know they they get some they they put some tools you know that are with adhesive on the sheet metal and load it up basically try they pull it out pull out part of use it to to pull out the the part that's dented in right you know so they use some weights and stuff to to essentially yank on it and get most of it out there and then they reach up inside through this one little gap in the in the bottom corner after you take the bumper off and basically keep tapping it out and until they get it back to the the original contour okay yeah um and you know it didn't require any drilling it didn't require any any painting there's like one little spot you know right on the edge of a where the the metal sheet metal bends over by the tailgate there one tiny little spot that's going to require a little touch up but other than that i mean it it looks (laughs) it looks looks basically indistinguishable from the way it did originally um and so if you have a rivian or you know anything else and this this is actually a problem with a lot of newer vehicles where they're having they're having these very large body panels um that you know if there's some damage then it can the 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 repair cost can easily get out of control the insurance company wanted to total this total you know right off the truck rather than do the repair uh, dent, yeah. which just I get it. It was forty one thousand from per, purely a numbers point of view. Yeah. That makes sense. But you're like, what? You're gonna total it for this? Yeah. yeah. Even though there was it was perfectly drivable, there was nothing else wow. wrong with it. You could get a Rivian with a salvage title because it has a teeny tiny it has a right? dent in the back. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. And then then spend thirty five hundred bucks to fix it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So. Um. Yeah. You know, this is this is something that you know vehicle owners. You know, if you get a fender bender. You know, do some before the insurance company, you know, decides to write something off, do a little research and you may be able to find somebody that actually can fix it for a lot less yeah. money. Um, but I mean, they're, they're, go just, ahead. Yeah. The giant, the giant panel thing. I mean, it looks, oh, it looks cool. looks smooth, but there's no like, I, yeah, it's like the giant casting issue that's going on now. Where, well, that's what I was just going to mention, you know, is yeah. these so-called giga castings that Tesla's using on their, on their, some of their vehicles now. One of the issues with that, you know, it, you know, by replacing a whole bunch of stampings that they weld together to make the structure of the vehicle with a giant die cast aluminum piece, um, it makes it a lot simpler to assemble the vehicle. It takes a lot less steps to put the vehicle together. But the problem is those those castings, uh, unlike the steel stampings, they don't bend when you get into a crash and they're effectively unrepairable. And you can't like take that part off and put the new part on. You're like, okay, let's yeah. do let's, let's check the tolerances of all the parts. All right, these three need to come off. We replace those three. It's just one big piece, and you're like, well, that's the end of that. <laughs> Basically, the whole front end or the whole rear end of your car is going to be yeah. thrown away. And yeah. chances are, you know, a lot more of those are going to end up totaled. Even though, if they were built in a tr- more traditional manner, they could have they could have been fixed. So this is. This is one of those things, you know, like what we talked about earlier with that Nissan concept, you know, mm-hmm. with making vehicles last longer and that being part of sustainability. Same thing goes with the way you design a vehicle. Yeah. You know, if you design something so that it becomes unrepairable, you know, or, you know, 
take most modern phones or laptops yeah you know, that mm-hmm. you know you end up if something small relatively small and minor goes wrong with it you end up having to throw that thing away and you've wasted a lot more resources than if you had just designed it to be serviceable in the first place yeah, yeah. I think Toyota is doing this. They're looking into big giga casting, aren't they? Oh, everybody Toyota? is. Every every manufacturer yeah. is. Yeah, um, and and I think I think what we're going to end up finding is that you know manufacturers will end up using using castings, but not doing going to the extreme that Tesla is, where you have just one giant casting that forms the entire front structure and another one that forms the entire rear structure, but using smaller components that are combined with some stampings. You know, so yeah. you can you can actually service it. Yeah, well, I I foresee a lot of a lot more Tesla motors and batteries being used in retro mods or resto mods. So we got <laughs> that going for us. That's true. Yeah. There is that. Um, sticking with with Rivian, um, they've finally started delivering um, their Max Pack, which is a 160 kilowatt hour battery pack. Um, and so you can get that now on the R1T and the R1S with certain configurations. Um, so they started off with their large pack. Um, they also have the, um, the, the, the standard pack, which is a, a lithium iron phosphate battery pack. So on the R1T with the dual motor, the original large pack gets you 352 miles of range. The standard pack gets you 270. The max pack gets you 410 miles of range. Mm. And it's a sixteen thousand dollar premium over the standard pack. Oof. That's a lot of money to tow. Because that's the only reason I could think of the bike. You get this giant uh-huh. pack. Yeah. Really? I guess if you love towing, I mean, people, I mean, a fifth wheel is what. Well, you're not going to tow a fifth wheel with this anyway. You, well, I guess that's true. <laughs> right. I guess yeah. towing people. You tow the boat. You go into the lake. Go into the lake. I need. I need go to tow into the lake. Yeah. Well, you know, here here in Michigan. You know, you on any Friday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, you know, pretty much throughout the year, you know, in the summertime, you're going to see trucks and SUVs towing boats and jet skis up, you know, up I-75 to northern Michigan, you know, and to to get to like Traverse City, it's about 250 miles. And, it, you know, then same thing coming back on Sunday afternoons, Sunday evenings. And then in the wintertime, it's snowmobiles, towing snowmobiles. Um, there you go. And, they, and you so, the max pack. yeah, the max pack, you know, could be useful in that case. Yeah. yeah. You should you be go, able kids. to get that 200, 250 miles of range out of it. Batteries are expensive. That's they the are. They are. <laughs> That's what we're learning today, kids. That's yes. Really, batteries are pricey. Batteries Take are pricey. Take care of your batteries. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much all EV stuff this week. Uh, it's all, it is all EV all the time. Yeah. Home Home Depot um, is uh, apparently planning to phase out um, gas-powered lawn equipment, uh, so lawn mowers and uh, and other stuff. And for some reason, the link is not working. Is not working. It works for I me. I believe you. Oh, mm-hmm. is it not working for you, Sam? It works for me. for me. No, aren't you it works special, for people in California. Well, so I when I was a kid, I worked on a farm and I also um, did landscaping. I had like a little business. I did landscaping for apartment buildings, and I had gas-powered things. And when we bought our house, um, I did not buy anything gas-powered because it's no, 
No, no, no. Everything we have, our all of our stuff is EV. It's all battery powered, and it's so much nicer. <laughs> yeah, oh, tell me about it. And yeah, they mean mix the oil with the two stroke. I know, oh, and especially my. the first time in the spring that you're using the, the oh, string my. trimmer or the mower, you know, when it's been sitting for four months, five months, and it's like taking oh. the stupid little spark plug that I clean it, put it. To, oh, so I found a different link. So oh. I found the story. What is it? This one says they expect that by 2028, 85 percent of its outdoor lawn equipment will be electric. Yeah, now it's it's just we we I, you know we have uh, all of our electric stuff, and it's just so. It's, charge it take it off the charger plug it in the thing walk over or cut it or do whatever and then just put it back in the charger my 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 garage doesn't have oil and gas cans everywhere i don't have to like go with this by the special additives i don't have to like deal i would like to have nothing the, i would like nothing, to have the snowblower of, not be i wouldn't want an electric snowblower that's what i want i bought an electric snowblower last year does it, it is work? fantastic. Yes. It's like, like all that handle, torque. Like, deep snow, like real, like honest to God, like schools canceled. Yeah, snow. it'll 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 you know, I I I used it you know, with like eight inch deep snow. No problem at all. Because yeah. I hate because that's the worst. Like it's this beautiful snowy morning. Everything's snowy. It, and then it's like and everybody starts up and the noise yeah. of the entire uh, neighborhood snow blowing their driveways is actually I, awful. I, I have I have now replaced all of the gas power. I don't own an EV yet, but I've replaced all the gas powered equipment except for the generator for when okay. DTE fails us. Um, I still have a gas yeah. generator for that, but for everything else, the the snowblower. You know, when we bought this house almost seven years ago now, I left the gas powered lawnmower at the other house when we sold it, really? and I bought an electric lawnmower. And it's been great. I have an electric snowblower. I have an electric string trimmer. Uh, my leaf blower is electric. Yeah, it's it's all. We have electric everything else. Is I think the only thing we have that's not at this point is the snowblower. Honestly, I, I I was I was concerned about it. I I watched a whole bunch of videos. You know, read the reviews, and found one that I think you know would handle you know my driveway, clearing my driveway. It's it's an ego. Uh, it's a single stage snowblower. And it came with two batteries, two so fifty six volts, um, oh, cool. two two batteries, and it had no problem at all clearing my you know like eight inches of snow out of and my entire I have driveway. Just Googled, and they're actually I had no idea there were so many. I knew that there were the little tiny ones. Yeah, you know the ones that are really just like for clearing your step. Yes, but they make some big ones too. Oh I was yeah, unaware and, of and you can get you can get bigger you know like two stage snow blowers now. You know yeah. they have more battery, um, and that they it works great. I have had no, I had I used it I don't know five or six times last winter and it was fantastic. Okay, I just like the name. This is called the Snow Joe. Yeah, that's, that's the, uh, that one. Ego and Snow Joe are kind of the two big brands for snowblowers, like snow snow battery power snowblowers. I feel yeah. like Snow Joe sounds like it's going to be able to do the job. The Snow Joe, that's the one you want to take care of your snowy yeah. drive. Huh? So yeah, I mean, uh, going you know for for outdoor equipment, power you know outdoor power equipment, you know. Going batteries has has been fantastic for me. I have no complaints. The only the only issue is like if you buy like a different brand for each one. Now you have you know five different yeah. types of batteries. We so did. My husband is and, 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 and Ryobi everything. So everything yeah. is a Ryobi battery. Exactly. Yeah. And for, for the smaller I, stuff, I've got the Ryobi uh, one. 
plus uh, system, the 18 volt yeah. batteries. Uh, so my drills and and impact drill and assorted other impact wrench and assorted other stuff and the string trimmer are all the Ryobi. But um, the 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 two big ones, the lawnmower and the snowblower, those are unique. Um, and the you know I couldn't find a, a suitable snowblower with the same that used the same batteries as as the lawnmower. Otherwise, I probably would have got that one. Yeah. But but the ego people they're they're coming out with a mini bike. Oh, are so they? You know. Yeah, they have a little powered mini bike. I found a few weeks ago. So <laughs> nice. I'm just saying, if you just buy, a, just if you have a couple of ego things, you could get a little mini bike. So then you can have the around. same battery power your snowblower as you power your mini bike. Yeah. So in the, in the in the winter time, you use it for use the battery in the snowblower. In the summertime, you use it you in your it mini for bike. The e-bike. This yeah. works. Okay, Whip it around the neighborhood, plan, guys. We got this. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, last one um, has to do with the strike that is still ongoing by the UAW against the Detroit automakers. Um, and there was some big news on Friday. One of one of the big issues with this strike, and you know, when when people first started asking me about this last spring, you know, which which company I thought that they were that the union was going to target, because traditionally, when it comes up to contract time usually about two or three weeks before the contract expires. You know, they, they start off a couple of months before with the, the UAW negotiating with all three automakers. And then when they get to about three weeks out from the deadline, they'll, whichever one they're furthest along with, they'll usually, or whichever one they think they can get the best deal from, they mm -hmm. will target that one and they'll pause the negotiations with the others and just, you know, extend the, 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 uh, do an extension on the contract until they settle with the, the the target. So they pick a target, and then if there's a strike, you know they strike that one company. And they don't, they typically don't go. They have never up until this year. They have the union has never gone on strike against Ford, GM, and Stellantis or Chrysler at the same time. You know yeah. they'll do one and then the or another if they have to, but they never do all three. This is the first time they've done all three, and a lot of people were. We're asking me a lot of media were asking me, you know, which one you think they're, they're going to target? Because a lot of people were expecting it was going to be Stellantis because Sean Fain, the new president of the union, came up through Stellantis. That's where he started working, uh, you know, at the Belvedere, Illinois assembly plant. And he came up through the ranks at Stellantis and, you know, through the union ranks. And there was some antipathy towards Stellantis because they just closed the Belvedere plant this year, earlier this year. Um. But you know, it was I. I figured all along that it was probably going to be GM because the the issue was going to be the battery plants. You know, I mean, yeah, they want more money, they want better benefits and stuff as they as they usually do, which is fine. But the the real sticking point was going to be the new battery plants because the the battery plants that the the automakers are investing in are all joint ventures, almost always, one exception, but. Um, so they're joint ventures between the, the automakers and the battery companies. And so far, the first of those that has got, come online is the, the Ultium Cells plant, which is a GM-LG joint venture in Ohio. And that one, the workers there voted to join the UAW, and they're still trying to get their first contract there. And because, you know, part of the reason one of the several reasons why they made these joint ventures instead of wholly owned parts of the automakers is as separate companies, they figured they, you know, they could pay the workers there less 
And that's what they were doing. They were paying them significantly less than the people in the in GM plants were getting. It was like 16 bucks an hour uh, at the, the large town battery plant. And, um, you know, that was going to be an issue for 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 the, the workers there, for the union. Um, and one of the issues that the union had is that they wanted the the battery plants to be part of the national master labor agreement. And the automakers hadn't really talked about this until last week when Ford had a press conference and Jim Farley came out and said, look, our battery plants aren't even finished yet. They're, they're still under construction. We haven't hired anybody. We don't want to put these under the under the master agreement <laughs> un, until we've actually hired people and those people have voted to actually join the union. Uh, well, this week on Friday, uh, GM became the first of the automakers to say, yep, we'll agree to put the the battery plant workers under the national master agreement. They're going to get paid the same as all the other parts plant workers at GM. Um, and so uh, they're still, they're still, you know, trying to finalize an agreement there, but that's, that's the first kind of breakthrough that the unions had. And that's, that's going to be important for the union because in the near term, the next few years, they're not really going to be losing jobs uh, because they're still going to be building a lot of internal combustion vehicles, but five, eight, 10 years from now, a lot of those engine plants, transmission plants are going to be losing jobs as they shift to electric and they need to have those, those battery plants unionized to maintain their membership and, uh, and, you know, make sure that those people get paid the same as, as the people that were working in the plants that are closing. Um, and so it's, it's a big issue for the, for the workers. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the people like, Oh, we're losing jobs building cars. I'm like, I think everyone forgot about the battery plants that these have to, all these companies have to spin (laughs) up. I mean, we're talking about tens of thousands of jobs. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, there's about 40 or 50,000 people across all the, all the battery plants that have been announced. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. yeah, So that's, it's stuff's coming for, you know, there's just new skills. Um, over at SAE, we have like a whole battery Academy that you can, you can do, um, like classes you can take that, that help you get up to speed for that. So that's, that's part of my job over there at, at SAE is, um, helping figuring out what companies need. And then, uh, you know, we, and then we, we just tell people, you know, via my articles when they eventually go up, when we, we launch this, this portion of the site, um, these are the skills that these companies are looking for. And you can either get those skills either locally, a lot of companies like Hyundai, um, uh, they, they're, they're partnering with local, you know, uh, technical colleges or they're, they're spinning up like training within the area. But if you don't live in the area, like, you know, SAE and, and we have this battery academy, you can take classes, you can learn about all these, these portions of, uh, of, of EVs and batteries and the grid and all this stuff. So, you know, getting everyone skilled for these jobs is, is like a really big deal for us over there because there's not enough people who are skilled at these. They just don't have these skills because they didn't need them before. Yeah. They're, so they're different. They're doing different things in these plants, you know, rather right. than dropping gears into a transmission, you know, they're, yeah. they've, they've got to have different skill sets. Yeah. Takes so a little time to get, yeah, it's a change in skill sets, but there is, yeah, still just jobs doing something different, but still building car stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Still got to make the the vroom vrooms, even though they're got to make the vroom vrooms. I guess they don't go vroom vroom. They all make a weird, different noise. <laughs> well, they, they could go vroom vroom. I mean, some of them do. That's they true. could. If that's you can make any, you, you can make any make sa- sound. Yeah, you can make any sound you want. Right. You, you know, I just open the window and yell it. Vroom vroom. 
You drive around. That's what I do. <laughs> drive around my little Kona electric yelling vroom vroom. Vroom vroom. Hey, there's Robbie. Vroom vroom. I heard him. Vroom vroom. Uh, so, and, you know, to, to, to those out there, and, and I'm sure there's probably some that are listening that, you know, may not be fans of unions or the UAW. Yeah. Just keep in mind that, you know, unions like the UAW and, and yes, the UAW has had some issues and other unions have had issues with corruption. Um, you know, but they've, you know, they've done a lot, certainly in the UAW in the last couple of years to try to root that out. And, you know, yeah. They, there's you know, a big change over yeah. there with that. Hope, hopefully, you know, under Sean Fain, you know, that will that will all change. But, you know, it's because of the efforts of unions, especially in the early part of the 20th century, we have things like, oh, you know, 40-hour work week and paid weekends. vacations and, you know, healthcare and yeah. Yeah, weekends and, you know, all that nice kind of things. stuff. Yeah. Nice things. And, yeah, you know, a middle class, you know, the middle yeah, class oh, yeah, that's the, been shrinking and over the last the union, 40 years as unions have shrunk. Yeah, yeah. Collective bargaining. Yeah. If you try to bargain by yourself, here it's just you against an, an entire corporation. It's that's a tough. That's a tough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I did the thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, my my dad was you know he was in a union you know worked in, worked in a steel mill for thirty years you know was part of the United Steel Workers and you know they had to go, went on strike several times over the years but um, you know in the end it was a benefit to everybody. So, all right. Uh, anything else for this week? I think that's about it for me. Cool. I got nothing. All right. Nothing except zoom, zoom, <laughs> zoom, zoom, everybody. Zoom, zoom. Till next time. Bye. 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 What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today.